This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How is your hair? My hair is so light. <laughs> you just got a haircut, which plays very well into uh, the topic for today's podcast. It sure does. I was trying to switch it up from asking you, how are you? But if you wanted to answer, how are you? I don't want to take that away. No, I liked I liked the switch up. Okay. The change room. <laughs> Good. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, about your hair and how all that went, because as actual humans, we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> we just wait till we have microphones in front of us and then we say wait we should talk it like normal humans yeah like normal humans the new name of the podcast uh the obsession that we wanted to talk about uh this episode is one that i think a lot of people have <laughs> at least for right now and that is just thoughts about post-vaccine life um it, with honesty and podcasting uh it has been a long week uh for both of us uh, for me, I got my second vaccine shot this week, and uh, that all worked out great, but I'm playing catch-up, and it's later on a Friday. We got some martinis, and we're ready to look toward the future, right? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> In lots of different ways. Uh, so let's start by just talking about the vaccine process. What was your experience of actually getting the vaccine, and, and for you, was it a positive thing, a weird thing? Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, it was fantastic. I was very excited to get the vaccine. Um, you know, I, I had my, so I, when I qualified, had that like, well, I qualified and I, so I should go because this is what we're supposed to do. But also, I wanted to make sure the other people who need it more desperately than I do got it. So I waited about a week after I was, um, you know, eligible. And then made my appointment and had thought so much about the appointment and, you know, every day talking about the side effects and all of these things that I totally forgot to prepare for the actual moment of getting the shot and had that like, oh, I'm getting a shot <laughs> um, of just like the pleasure at it. And I, you know, because I feel like I've been hearing a lot of people talking about, oh, they're, you know, crying tears of joy from getting the vaccine and all of that. But it was it was so great. I went um, through our healthcare provider and they had such a great setup and. Uh, I enjoy, I sometimes enjoy reading paperwork, especially if I'm stuck in a long line for a while and, you know, everybody distanced and I read my paperwork and I signed up to, you know, <laughs> tell them what my uh, symptoms were after the vaccination, which was very exciting to me. Yeah. Because um, I like a good survey. You are a data queen. <laughs> You're a data fiend. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, it was really that part was really fun. I had the Moderna vaccine. Uh. <laughs> the way you put the spin on Moderna and said, I had the Moderna, it's like we went to a fine restaurant and like, I'll have the Moderna. I'll right. take the Pfizer. I only want one course. I'll take the Johnson & Johnson. Right? Yeah. What are you selecting today? <laughs> so you selected the Moderna. I you select didn't select it. it. That's just what was there, right? Yeah. In fact, because a lot of places, you know what you're going to get when you go. But because I went through the healthcare provider, different locations had different vaccines. So I actually... Didn't know until I arrived which one I would be getting. Okay. Um, but that was fine. I was happy. Um, I think at that point it was just the two that were available or, or Johnson & Johnson was so rare at that point that I anticipated it would be one of uh, Pfizer or more Moderna. Um, yeah, so that went well. And uh, are we going on to second dose? Well, yeah, because I, I want to follow up on, on something you said from the first dose of that you were so captivated by the 
Uh, I am marching forward. I am following the rules. You are a rule follower, distanced <laughs> and reading the rules. And that you didn't take that moment to, for lack of a better word, um, mark or romanticize the actual actual injection of the vaccine. Um. So I'm just going to clarify. Yeah. I did take the moment to mark it. I hadn't pre-romanticized it. Okay. Uh, like which you to hadn't me are two built, different things. Built up to like the curtains are parting. Here it comes. It was like you sat there. The needle was coming. You're like, oh wait. A little bit. I mean, I think I actually had it when I gave the person my paperwork and, you know, I was just like, okay, where do I park? And oh, oh, look, they've got parking. Like I had allowed so much extra time to find parking because it was <laughs> often very difficult to find parking there. And, you know, had all of my paperwork to prove that I was eligible. And I was like, do you need to see this? Do you want to see? And they're like, sure, we'll see <laughs> your eligibility paperwork. Go for it, Sarah. Um, so I think it was just kind of, you know, it was at that point, there was still so much conversation about like, oh, where did you go? And how did you do it? And did you need to show things? And kind and of... Are you eligible yet? And why? Yeah. Yes. Like you was, got a little bit earlier. Right, right. Because of my work. And so there was, there was so much focus on the process that there I had that moment of like, oh, now I'm here. I've shown them my, my thing. <laughs> uh, and, and they did actually did want to see it. Um, and so I didn't get to have that moment of like, okay, here I am. Here we go. I get one of these little cards that have, you know, a word on it and say <laughs> first first shot. And, yeah. Um, so it was great. And everybody was uh, so helpful and so kind. And I think everybody getting their shots that I saw or heard at least was, you know, like, oh, thank you. And yeah, you so, know, yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was I was trailing. OK. <laughs> so when you did have that moment then to kind of take not for the process, but for yourself. Mm -hmm. as you were getting the actual needle, what did you think about or how did you try to mark that moment? Um, you know, I think I just kind of tried to be aware and I also have kind of a like, I don't really have a, a thing with needles, but I also do have a little bit of like, yeah, but sometimes I don't like to watch as they go in my arm. <laughs> so I did have that like, oh, this is great. Okay, I'm going to look over here. You looked at the horizon. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. So then you go back for your second shot. Yeah. So then I went back for my second shot and um, same place, same, still, still part of Moderna. So I got, I did it right. Um and that was, it was also really fun. And I, and that one, I almost more so, which was ridiculous. You would think that I would be like, yes, second shot. But like, it had been a busy day at work. I was going there at the end of the day. I was trying to make sure I had all of my ducks in a row. And I had that, and that time I truly did have the, like, by the time I sat down and everything was kind of, there was a long line, but then people were rushing and then they kept asking questions of people in line and pulling them into different lines. So I finally got to the line and was sitting down. And I was like, oh, Right. Second shot. Totally didn't prepare for this one, which I mean, I guess if you listen to me and how many times I forget the how are you question is going. Apparently, sometimes that's how I live my life. Is I forget um, what happens from week to week. Uh, but yeah, but so then it happened and I had that like, OK, wow. It, because it is it's one of these things like we've been so anticipating the vaccine. But then to me, there is a little bit of, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but it's going to sound like it. The actual like injection of the vaccine is a little anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, there aren't fireworks that go off. There's no confetti that, you know, falls from the sky. Um, you know, so there's, I didn't have an instant sensation of, I can feel the power running through my body. <laughs> so there, there was a little bit of like, okay, okay, weird. Now that's done. Now I go sit and wait for 15 minutes. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about this more, but I think it's so fascinating to have this is an unusual experience, but it's also once you break it everything down of like, here's how I cleared my schedule. Here were the parking concerns. <laughs> the person in line next to me was cool or annoying or whatever. And then I sat down and then it, it it is one of those moments where it is hard to have all of the individual mundane beats somehow capture the true importance and majesty. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that that kind of moment is a little bit like that's why we tell stories. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes th- there's a million reasons we tell stories, but that's one of the reasons that like sometimes moments in life just uh, fly by. Right. And yeah. like emotionally, that injection would be slow mo <laughs> with beautiful music at an angle just right. So this light is breaking behind you and, you know, the tear falls from your eye and it captures the light. And like, I think that's the reason that we like seeing moments like that in film because they some that's what our emotions feel like. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like, no, there's a parking garage and there's needle, but it didn't hurt. And it's like, yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. They made a note on the iPad and I left. Like, and, yeah. and you get up and then the next person comes and sits in your seat and then they get a shot. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's something that really breaks down the walls of the, the individual, the individual importance to you, right? It is a, a communal thing. Yeah. Which I did actually love the communal experience of that because it does feel like, you know, with this pandemic, obviously part of, so much of it is that we're all staying away from each other. Mm-hmm. And part of the process moving forward in this idea of community is that we want to come back together. Or we'll talk about that, maybe not as much. <laughs> but we we want the ability to be able to come back together. <laughs> we want the option <laughs> the to option. go out on Friday night. Exactly. Not necessarily we want to go out on Friday night. Right, yeah. right. So um, so for that aspect of it, it felt really great to go to a place where there were, I don't know, like 16 stations where people were getting vaccinated at the same time. And like the whole line was long both times I was there, which made me very happy. It was longer, substantially longer the second time, um, which made me happy because by that point, you know, even more people are eligible. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun to have it be communal. Awesome. Yeah, we'll come back to communal in just a moment. But I also wanted to ask about your step and repeat. <laughs> if you could explain what that is uh, for anybody who doesn't know the term step and repeat. Yeah, yeah. So I was um, so I was hanging out, you know, for my 15 minutes afterward to make sure everything was okay. And, you know, there's lots of signage about don't take pictures with other people in them. But then from where I was sitting, I realized that they had set up um, actually two different step and repeats, which are the when you people, see people standing and taking getting their picture taken like at a movie premiere or something. With it's a very specific backdrop. It's the backdrop that's behind you. And sometimes, it, you know, at a lot of fundraisers and things, it'll have the sponsors, uh, you know, on the names behind you or yeah. something like that. So they had made um, two step and repeats. And they were just little ones, like one-person-sized ones that you could stand in front of. And I honestly don't remember what the other one was, but it was – they're both obviously related to getting your shot. But the one, it had little graphic images of syringes <laughs> and little drawings of the uh, coronavirus um, cell. It's like an image whatever. of the virus itself. Yeah, yeah, like that image we've seen so much with the red spikes, but this was, you know – a. a one color drawing cute cartoon exactly (laughs) and and i think the other one had like a whole like do your part get your vaccine or something so just like nobody was taking their picture in front of them they're also kind of placed weirdly and it was the end of the day so there's weird sun on them so i i did take a picture just because it (laughs) amused me so much and i was so um 
I wanted to, you know, commemorate getting yeah. the vaccine and uh, couldn't take a picture where I was sitting for the 15 minutes because there are too many other people nearby um, who would have been in my shot. And so I was like, I'm totally doing the step and repeat, even though in the 20 minutes I've been here, nobody else has stood in front of it. I don't care. Uh, so I went, but then the sun is totally in your eyes. So I'm like making a really weird face, but I am, I'm thrilled that I got it and got to commemorate that and hopefully, you know, share the experience, get somebody else to go get their vaccine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the hope. Yeah. It's also like step and repeats are not unique to Los Angeles by any means, but they are a thing that is a big part of this culture and yes. just like literally the neighborhood of Hollywood, you know, pre, pre-virus and I'm sure after virus, if you, you're driving along and you see like, oh, there's some little premiere being shot here. And, you know, I, I remember from, you know, younger times thinking like, oh, wow, there's this long, huge spread. And like, no, it's this tiny piece of backdrop and <laughs> everybody steps up and you take the. So there's something about um, about having that as a, okay, we don't want people to be taking photos with a bunch of other people in the background who have not agreed to be in the photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know, <laughs> we want this to be uh, selfie central. So here's, totally. here's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And this will promote getting the vaccine and it'll promote, you know, uh, and, you know, places that you can go to get the vaccine. Um, yeah, so it was, it did feel like, okay, this is such a, I'm, I'm getting my vaccine in Hollywood type moment. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, for me, I, mine was not as, uh, as Hollywood as that. <laughs> uh, I went to a college, uh, that actually has a really good setup of you parked in the parking garage and then the vaccination site, uh, was the first level of the parking garage, the parking ramp. Uh, so it was extra weird that this, to me, glorious, important triumph of science, you know, a symbol of the possibility of renewal was happening in the basement of a parking garage. The things that you would normally associate with, like, maybe talking to your informant in a spy movie. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly rats crawling around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, super not, like, yeah, obviously it was clean and safe, uh, but, like, not a place where uh, romanticized things happen. Right. In our minds. Uh, So I just loved the uh, just kind of the fun and absurdity that very similar to you. My concerns going there were the timing, uh, the parking. Uh, You know, I am very much a rule follower who worries about like losing an appointment, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything. the, the, The service that I signed up through, which was the L.A. County service, had a really like don't don't be early, but don't miss your appointment. (laughs) <laughs> so I logically knew it wasn't true, but I was like, I have to be there in line at one fifty, you know. And then it's it's right. so huge the ad- the idea that they can somehow track who's in line at one fifty and give a damn. Like, and I had waited to sign up. I really didn't want to, even when there was that kind of the slight window where, okay, sixty five and up, fifty and up, were what was being uh, offered. Uh, but then there were some vaccines left over and there were some kind of last minute scrambles that a lot of people did. I was really just I just wanted to wait until I was eligible mm-hmm. to make sure that I didn't accidentally take it from somebody who needed it more than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went very early on when it was for my eligibility was I am over 16 years old because <laughs> it's now open to 16 and up. And so when I sat down for the actual vaccine shot, they're like, uh, and can you tell me why you're eligible? Which is like my sort of worst, uh, you know, Freudian <laughs> fear of the super ego, sort of like, are you doing the right thing? And I was like, I am 
16 and up (laughs) (laughs) and they're like great that does it you know and everyone was very friendly and it was all great and i really did take that moment of like i am in the basement of a parking garage uh and i'm just i'm gonna try to make this a moment in my mind and just i I really thought about i want to memorize like the feelings and the smell and just like the moment like that's how i tried to sort of commemorate it of like if in an absolute worst case scenario, 100 years from now, I'm one of the last survivors of this time, <laughs> I want to be able to describe it, you yeah. know, because that can be an interesting thing when, uh, you know, something that a huge amount of people experienced and was just sort of like, yeah, ask anybody what they felt about that day. But eventually history gets to that point where there are only so many people left to remember mm-hmm. that thing. And that's what I thought about. Of, oh, like, interesting. How, can I, you know, really remember everything that i saw and felt and all that and then the best part of it was uh they had all of these chairs set up uh facing away from the rest of the people being vaccinated in toward kind of the exit kind of just the rest of the uh parking ramp but i ended up sitting in front of a sign that said uh, wrong way <laughs> <laughs> which was just a really funny like uh, I'm so thinking of this as a hopeful and a sign of renewal and <laughs> this big sign that says wrong way. <laughs> uh, so that was great. It all went well. Uh, I felt so great that first vaccinated day. I think partially just because, uh, you know, I'm lucky to have work where I can stay at home with the writing and podcasting for the most part. Uh, so I just haven't been out and about like on my own. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I went to Target and I looked around at things at Target with my mask on and everything, and it was just like strangely, like, oh yeah, life, <laughs> <laughs> a great resetting way. So then I was really looking forward to uh, the second shot as well. Uh, same place, similar experience, except for I got ready to get the second shot, uh, and I was like three people in line, and the I had an appointment which I had stressed about getting the the second appointment because it was supposed to be automatically set up. And then it took multiple days to automatically set up. And then I was like, oh, no, did I do something wrong? Which I didn't. It finally got set up. And I was like, okay. And I still got the reminders like, your appointment's a day away. Your appointment's an hour away. Uh, but by then, LA County had opened it up to, you don't need an appointment, just show up. Mm-hmm. So then at one point when I was in line, uh, they started yelling, who has an appointment? And most people raised their hands. So most people still had an appointment. But even then... It was that fear of like, did I do something <laughs> wrong? And then when everything just stopped and they kind of yelled why, but it's a parking garage. So acoustics, not great. So they're like, sorry, the blah, 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 blah Pfizer. And like, what? I didn't. So I didn't hear. So then when I sat down, I said, so what was the holdup? And they kind of explained that there was some sort of uh, that Pfizer needed to be mixed <laughs> or at some sort of uh, in- ingredient added or shaken i what i i asked clarifying questions i did not get clarifying answers and i'm sure there are some listeners who understand the science and know but it was it they, the way they explained it was like oh like the pfizer's like frozen orange juice like you know you, you gotta mix it in <laughs> with the water like they didn't literally say that but that's what i kind of heard is like oh we needed to mix the other thing together you know like with pfizer and it's like no i don't know <laughs> but thanks for trying to explain so that was fun and that was good and honestly at that point I think because there had been a big break, the the great volunteers who were working there, they all were still doing their jobs. But they were both 
uh, both the person who was giving me the vaccine and the person who was taking my information were kind of like, oh, yeah, what? Uh, uh, and so I did the same as you. I was like, I have my QR code. Uh, I have my ID. I have my vaccination card. Oh, uh, can I give all of them to you to do the things that you must do? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was all a, all a pleasant experience. Uh, another quick fifteen minutes. Uh, I sat myself directly in front of the wrong way sign, so I could really, really enjoy it this time. Mm-hmm. And then I left, and it was great. I like that you included this wrong way meditation as part of your uh, experience. Yeah, well, because I think that's to me what what's interesting about the this moment in trying to find sort of the meaning in it. Not trying to find the meaning because it's just replete with meaning right but how to kind of fight against that like how does this mundane task feel meaningful like i know a lot of people asked their um the people who gave them the shot if they can take a photo and a lot of people posted their photo you know with the approval of being with the person uh that there was not a vibe where i was that that was a cool thing there were like signs everywhere saying no photos please yeah no media at all please yeah uh within the vaccination site so i think i would just got really interested in like what real world details and specifics can add magic to this memory so that the memory itself is you know has some weight and meaning to it you know as the actual event does mm-hmm. yeah so let's go back to this discussion of communal um i'm really fascinated by this because it isn't like our generation has not gone through things before, you know, financial problems and 9-11 and, you know, all sorts of different things our, our generation has gone through together. But I was so raised on, okay, Vietnam and World War II and the Depression of hearing about those things from previous generations of things that no matter what, you are physically affected by this. Mm-hmm. And I really fascinated by an experience where so much of our generation except for the people who can't or refuse to get vaccinated are all having this same experience and right now you can ask everybody for their vaccine experience Mm, right yeah get their memory what do you think possibly good could come out of a society having such a, a communal experience of getting vaccinated where almost anyone you talk to has their vaccination story yeah, and the thing I love about that is I think it's is the fact that it's not just limited to our generation. It's it's um many people right now 16 and older. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I think it gives us this great place to to share a commonality and to have a shared experience especially at a time where we've all been I mean we have talked about it a lot. There's lots of things going on in the world. But with the pandemic, we've also all been in our own silos much more than normal. And so this is a really great way to kind of crack through that eggshell of coming out of, I'm mixing all the metaphors here. (laughs) We're in a silo, but there's also an eggshell. Um, Well, good. We can eat well in the silo. (laughs) We're tapping through the eggshell. But I think it gives, it does give us that place of, you know, commonality and a place to just kind of check in with each other of you know we joke about the how are you question but it's it's still out there I mean I I have been as we've talked about before um having to go to work occasionally and now I'm back at work quite a bit and I work with people who have been having who have had to work nonstop uh during the pandemic and when I see them you know during this time when they were all finally 
eligible uh, to get the vaccine, it was this great, like, people would walk by and be like, hey, how are you? And they'd be like, just got my vaccine. So we would, you know, it was this nice, um, different thing to talk about. So there's that, because honestly, for people, whether you've been at home or at work, a lot of us have been doing very similar things. Right. Either way, honestly. And so you've got a, a new thing to talk about. So that's exciting. That's always <laughs> exciting, right? Like you've got the party thing to talk about. Like, ooh, what am I going to talk about? My symptoms to the reaction to the vaccine. Yeah, it's almost like a really fascinating version of how is the weather. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we all experienced that it was sunny yesterday. So how about that sunny day, which has become like a cliche of a boring thing. Right. But how about getting vaccinated against a deadly virus is an interesting version of that. It's a totally interesting version of that. Plus, it's not going to last that long that we ha- I mean, we'll still be able to talk about it in the future, but it's it's not going to be novel for that long. Right. And so I think right now is really that time where it gives us the chance to talk about something and it gives us the chance to, to share experiences with different people and what their experiences were. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think... It, there is any hope that going through this experience together, the pandemic in general, but specifically starting to come out of it, will make people feel more connected? Mm. Ah, wow. Um, I'm really torn. I feel like in some ways, I uh, this, this is uh, obviously totally my opinion. <laughs> and I'm going to add to that. It's my opinion today at this hour. So ask me in an hour and I might have a different opinion. By the time I release this podcast, different opinion opinion will change. Yep. But I feel like, um, and I've lost my train of thought. Ask me the question again, please. Do you feel like there's any hope that going through this communal process will make us feel more connected? Yeah. So I feel like as part of being, for people who have been at home during this time, um, or even if they've been having to be at work, But when they're not at work, they're at home. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like as we're all coming back out together there, in some ways, I feel like there we've all had a version of a shared experience. So I feel like there is more of a place to come together coming out of this. But at the same time, I think that there's also going to be a lot of like, oh, okay, we 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 tried coming back out. But now maybe like we want to be at home or doing whatever, like twice as much as we used to. So I think there's both going to be more of a coming together, but also more maybe just a focusing on what people really want if they're lucky enough to be able to to take actions to mm. to reach that and be like, yeah, this was all great. I don't need 25 friends. I want five really good friends. <laughs> Bye, everybody else. Like, I think, there, I think it's going to be a time of change. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was just, I uh, wanted to ask a question because I think I was kind of checking myself because I think... I am not a naive person, but I am a hopeful person. And I process the world sort of through a thematic lens, for lack of a better term. And I want to see something where we went through a trauma and then we went through a moment where there was the hope of moving past that trauma. And it was something that we all experienced together. You know, rich, poor, whatever doesn't matter and all walks of life, all that thing, that this is a moment that we should be able to rally around. I'm hopeful for that. But then when I just kind of looked at the world, a lot of what I see, not that some people can't feel that, but I think a lot of what I see, the kind of reality of checking myself before I wreck myself is people get fully vaccinated and go, woohoo, 
back to me time. <laughs> I, you know, now I am free to do the things that I underscored, you know, underlined, I mm-hmm. want to do. Yeah. And I want for myself and for society at large as much as possible to hold on to a little bit of that communal spirit of we went through a trauma together, but then let's have some sense of community and some sense of hope. Mm-hmm. Let's have some sense of triumph in science and our ability to mobilize and organize. Like I'm sure yeah. there have been, there are definitely some headaches for me about the way to the systems to get signed up for, to be vaccinated and all that. But for what an incredibly huge challenge it is mm-hmm. to get the vaccines done and out and organized and get the shots in arms as quickly as possible without wait. Like it's pretty amazing when you think of how just sort of chaotic individual interactions are when you try to order a pizza with six people <laughs> in, in like, that's a baseline for civilization <laughs> that an hour of, you know, fighting about whether subjectively or not pineapple is good on pizza versus getting this vaccine to everybody. Like it, it should be something that we can kind of rally around and marvel at. Absolutely. I, I, I am all for vaccination celebrations. <laughs> and in particularly go. that we got this, that this happened so quickly um, with good science, good data. You know, it it is, uh, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I just think there should be a little bit of, you know, Rosie the Riveter, yes, we can energy about this. Yeah. As a communal experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I do feel like I'm seeing that, especially on social media uh, with friends at least of as everybody posts some version of whether it's that they when they get their shot or once are at home or once they're fully vaccinated like yes i did it uh you can do it too but there is it does seem like it is coming from that we can do it yeah attitude of the rosie the riveter poster yeah i'm definitely feeling that on social media and mm-hmm. i think it is nice uh especially now that it's open now and the challenge is, is more to convince people to take it mm-hmm. like than it was at first when it was there's that kind of that brief window of like uh, who's getting it when and why and how and who's eligible and when and why and all that that passed so quickly we're beyond that and now it really is just like i will hit like on every single vaccination post right <laughs> and i will celebrate uh the celebration uh also yeah just uh, i think in, in general an appreciation for science that's that's a good thing to take mm-hmm. out of this <laughs> i like that uh speaking of science yeah. and uh shifting opinions so we're in now this uh, challenging mask place where obviously masks have become politicized in, in terms of, uh, in my opinion, the weird anti-mask movement that it is some sort of great attack on freedom. For me, masks have always been a reflection of uh, I am an individual and I matter, but I am also part of a, a community and I want to do things that are the best for myself and for the community. And the more I help the community, the more I help myself, I'll wear a mask so as to not spread a deadly virus. That's what masks have meant to me. Um, but we're in this weird place now where the science is evolving. The um, the guidelines at all sorts of different levels are evolving about when to wear masks. Uh, how do you feel about continuing to wear a mask in public and outdoors? How are you personally feeling about it? Yeah. um, You know, so far I am still, I have not been anywhere 
since being fully vaccinated where I have felt like I did not want to wear a mask. Right. Um, I've really only been in places where either masks are required um, or I'm around other people. And so in either of those situations, oh, I'm going to wear a mask. Um, you know, I think for for myself, um, I, I mean, I, I feel very much as, as you just said, like the masks are, they're a sign of protecting yourself, but they're a sign of being in something together way more than protecting yourself. And they're also a sign of doing what you can to protect the vulnerable around you. Yeah. Um, who need that extra protection and it's not always visible who needs protection. Yeah. So it's just kind of, to me, it's, um, it's being a good neighbor. It's being a good member of society. This is uh, very strongly how I feel. <laughs> so I will be wearing masks. Um, at least when in, you know, public situations for now. I mean, I'm sure there will be places where it feels like, okay, now we, in this whatever situation, we don't need to wear a mask. And and that will be a fun, interesting experience also. Uh, obviously, we do not wear masks in our home because it's just the two of us. <laughs> and we never have been we, rebels We have not. Time. That's true. Um, yeah. And I also honestly hope that, that maybe we have reached through this whole, uh, you know, over a year of wearing masks have reached a point where masks can be something that, that people can wear even in the future for other things. Like say you have a cold, but you still need to go out in public right? or you take public transportation. And as a frequent public transportation rider, uh, not during the pandemic, uh, because I was lucky enough to not have to still take it um, and chose not to because I wanted to protect the people who had no other option. But um, but as a firm believer in public transportation, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people crammed together and you never know who has to take it to get to the doctor's appointment. Yeah. And so I hope that we actually see um, in the long run some of the stigma about masks uh, broken down. Mm-hmm. And so that more people wear, will wear a mask for whatever reason they feel they need to at that time, in addition to however long we all wear masks because of COVID. Yeah, I think that's great. I think for me, they have always been a symbol of empathy. I mean, talking about maybe being a little too romantic sometimes and maybe things, <laughs> seeing things too through uh, too thematic of a lens. But that idea that my mask does okay at protecting me, but it's really about my mask protects you. Your mask protects me. That's beautiful. Right. I want us to do more of that as a society. <laughs> I don't want us to get angry at that kind of cooperation and support and help of one another. Yeah. Um, so I want to listen to the science and I want to, you know, uh, I feel perfectly comfortable, you know, someday soon when my full vaccination kicks in because I, I just got my second shot. If we want to go hang out with two other friends who've been vaccinated, you know, and mm-hmm. take masks off. Great. You know, I, I don't have like a need to cling to it for myself. Um, but I want to be able to keep wearing it outdoors for a little while uh, because there are, I think a, a couple things. There are people who can't get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And if I can, you know, uh, I know the science right now is it doesn't seem like vaccinated people are spreading the virus. You know, if they get it, don't get sick because they're vaccinated. It seems like right now they're not spreading it to other people. But I still just want to help other people feel comfortable at Target, you know, mm-hmm. or or on a walk. Um, so there's that. I, I know that there are a bunch of like articles about like 
you don't need them outdoors probably if and then the articles always in the science always has that caveat of if you're you know going out for a walk you don't need one unless you just stop and talk directly to a person for a long time or to a clump of, of people real close then just pull out your mask and put it on and i believe that science i trust that science and my reaction to that science is have you met a human <laughs> especially a human who kind of tends towards eh, we overdid it with the masks because it's one thing to say go ahead and don't wear them outdoors if you were truly going for a jog and not speaking to another person mm-hmm. absolutely but i mean just for myself walking around the neighborhood i see time and time again of somebody looking like they're just out and about for a walk and then stopping and having a long conversation with someone and that's the part of it where like they, 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 I love caveats. <laughs> They're so important to me. Yeah. Anyway, it is a weird time to be in with a mask, and I'm, I'm still uh, uh, wrestling with it, but I want to celebrate them as a symbol of empathy and as somebody who used to be flying around a lot before the pandemic to do various shows and conventions and that. I, I would love it if they were just like, hey, it'd be good to wear your mask on the plane. Take oh, it off yeah. when you're eating. You know, if you need to have a conversation with your seatmate, great. But just like... I know there have been studies about, like, the the flu, just the general normal kind of common colds and flus have not been as bad. Mm-hmm. And I would just really love to not come out of this with people having, you know, just anger toward the mask as a symbol of oppression. But instead have it as a, like, yeah, well, you don't need it all the time, but there's some times it'd be great to wear it. Yeah. For your own protection and for others. Why yeah. not? The mask is a helpful buddy, not right? an enemy. Right? That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. There has been so much discussion about the possibility of another Roaring Twenties. Do you think we're (laughs) going to have the Roaring Twenty Twenties, or do you think we'll have uh, half Roar and half... uh, Wait, I missed my introverted life. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think it's going to be the latter. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Roaring Twenties. But there's a lot to talk about the Roaring Twenties early in 2020 before the pandemic hit also. Right. Just because it's uh, Just because cool. it was 2020. It's a great phrase. Uh, right? Why not say it? Let's use it again. Um, I think it's going to be both. I think there's going to be, I do think there will be an explosion. Um, I, I have felt it myself of the, like, I, I am very much a person who this time of being at home more has not been, uh, there have been some things that have been difficult. But I love spending time with you, my partner, friend, spouse, <laughs> and I love spending time with friends and being out in the world. But I there's a there's a lot that I want to do, as we've talked about many times. And a lot of it I can do or watch or read here in our home or with the two of us, like on a walk or something. So it has not been um, a big burden on me to be at home. Yeah. Um, and I, everybody is different in terms of what they need and in terms of whether they're by themselves or not and certainly missing family and all of that. It, you know, caveat, 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 caveat. But I say this as a person who has... <laughs> <laughs> caveat, but... Right. You know, you had to add another caveat. <laughs> as a person who, for the most part, has not felt a huge strain from being at home night after night right we are we are in a very lucky situation where we do legitimately enjoy spending time with none with one another and can do our work yep exactly but the thought of going out and doing a thing that feels safe and um of like actually going 
out of town, even if it's just like half an hour, which technically there's anywhere within half an hour is still Los Angeles, but uh, <laughs> just sounds so amazing and freeing because yeah. it has because we have not done that since the pandemic started. And that just sounds like what? We can do that. Let me go now. Like, I just <laughs> feel like I want to just rip out of my chrysalis and become my monarch butterfly self. Oh, yeah. that I love that. It's going to be the roaring 20s. So many monarch butterflies everywhere. We're all going to put on our butterfly <laughs> outfits, our wings, our makeup, our hair. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just going to be a real fascinating mix. Um, I think there is going to be an explosion and a little bit of a retreat. I've already mm-hmm. seen a lot of people discussing this, and I think it's really, really true. We went through a individual and communal trauma, and yep. I think we are both really, really hungry for social experiences. You know, I think there's so much in life that is the balance between humans crave both comfort and adventure, and we have in many ways been starved of adventure. Uh and I think there's going to be a want to like gobble up experiences and anything to feel alive. And then I think it is like when you've had the flu and you've had you've ate only crackers and broth and you recover enough from the flu that you're like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had those times where like, I am going to attack the largest frozen pizza uh, the first day I feel better. And like, oh, that was a mistake. I think we're going to have the roaring frozen pizza after a flu <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a tortured yeah. tortured metaphor that, that, yeah i um, like the point maybe like work the, on the title okay we'll work on the metaphor yeah but yeah i think there is going to be a mix of so excited to go out there really need some some time to to nurture the part of myself that's gotten really used to comfort yeah and really interact on social media be a part of the world really have boundaries around myself yeah i think that's the big thing is that i think it, it, we've all had a a period where we have a lot of control mm-hmm. over our personal boundaries and when we're going to do things and how we're going to do things and whether or not we want to engage socially and i think that there's going to be some desire to to get back to that yeah yeah absolutely and i think i th- i i mean i i it is not just me i've read a fair number of articles and other people's social media posts about this also of the as people have had more control over their lives of like oh wait all these things i thought i had to do i don't have to do and i don't want to go back to them yeah um so i think i think it's going to be really interesting and i also you know i think uh, we're in many ways creatures of habit also. So I think it could be very easy to just slide back into the pre some of the pre pandemic, pre pandemic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing that my biggest hope, if I may, Please. is that we all have a greater understanding, a greater empathy for each other. Um, because, uh, and that if you don't feel well, you can cancel on things. And that's just understood that that's, actually for the good of the other people <laughs> even if it kind of messes things up which sometimes it does but when you don't feel good you shouldn't show up and make everybody else sick that's not nice <laughs> and yeah. we need to take that away but the empathy i really feel like you know i think you said it really well we've all had very individual experiences of this pandemic but we've also had a communal experience but it's run the gamut from you know people who 
are working in hospitals nonstop and are exhausted to people who have been laid off and, you know, have all sorts of problems on that side and people who aren't in either of those, but have been working nonstop very hard at home and, you know, taking care of families. Like there's, I think there's also a lot of exhaustion within this, which I think there's, there's a real push to like, okay, things are opening. Let's do everything. And I think a lot of people are like, okay, but we're all exhausted. So (laughs) like, how do we, how do we go forward and find the energy to do all these things out in the world when we're exhausted from what we've all been going through. Yeah. Which I think ties back to the trauma that you were saying. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great way to say it of like, we should be exhausted because we have dealt with so much emotionally. Yeah. And that does actually transfer into how much energy do we have to give to social events? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot also just about um, our, our good old hometown of Minneapolis. And I love both Minneapolis and Los Angeles. And I really like seeing and, and celebrating the difference between them. So often when we talk about different cities, it, it can be like sometimes jokey, sometimes sincere. Why? Which one's better? Mm-hmm. And I love both of my homes. And I love seeing what makes them different and why. Mm-hmm. And Los Angeles definitely has seasons, but they are nowhere near as extreme, right? I so I always knew it because I was living it in Minneapolis, but being away from Minneapolis, I so appreciate the beautiful, almost comical explosion <laughs> because winter hits and you know strong, sturdy Minnesotans uh, still do things in the winter. But you know if you've never experienced it, the world tries to make you stop <laughs> doing it makes it extra hard to do anything it's not just like ooh it's cold it's you got to scrape your car or you know fight through to the public transportation and then things get stuck or closed and it's just like everything is an obstacle and then the beautiful brief spring hits and the glorious hot summer comes and there's this just explosion and every week they're about 18 festivals of theater and music and parades and ribs. Let's just let's just celebrate the food ribs for a weekend. Anything to party because the sun is out. You know, and it's not even about the cold in the winter, right? It's about it's cloudy. And it gets you into that that mood of like, oh boy, everything's kind of slow and the same. And when will winter end? And then spring explodes and everybody explodes. And I've and I used to do that. I used to be like, summer comes and then, blah. Yeah. And it's just, it wasn't that I didn't do those things in the winter. It's just that there's so much in the summer. And yeah. it's like, everything turns to 11. Um, and I feel like the it's interesting to watch, you know, the places of the world that are coming out of the virus. Like, you're all having Minneapolis St. Paul summer. <laughs> you're all going to 11 emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do everything. It is rib fest nationwide, you know, like, <laughs> not that other places don't have rib fests. Anyway, uh, did you, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I've used the same analogy with people uh, here in Los Angeles multiple times this in the last few weeks as Los Angeles has finally. And I think in particular, um, I mean, we live here. So this is the experience of the pandemic that we've had. But Los Angeles has never left the most restrictive tier. Right. You know, some things... Some things opened a little bit more, but for the most part, you know, 
since tiers, colored tiers came into place in California, we never got out of the purple tier. Other counties did for a while in the fall or early winter, but we never did. And things have been so clamped down here for so long. And then like it got to red and a few things were allowed indoors. And it did. It it was like, (laughs) you can see the green bubbling out of the ground and everyone's about to have a party because the lilacs are about to bloom. (laughs) Look right now, it's just like the two of the daffodils or whatever's first. Um, But, and I mean, I've used the exact same because we've talked about it. Yeah. And now do with other people, like this is like a Midwestern spring. Everybody just explodes because you can feel it. Yeah. You can feel the world waking up again, oh, like yeah. literally. Oh, I can, mean, you can be driving in your car and you can feel it from the people around you of like, Yarr! you can smell it, right? Yeah, like you totally. can smell the, the change and you're like, it is time to awaken, right? <laughs> and yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, and obviously, I know other places experience that. Yeah. We, we are from Minneapolis, St. Paul, so that that is how we process it. And then I just think because uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul is a is a a metro area that really celebrates art mm-hmm. and community that we have so many festivals, you know? Oh, and yeah. And the Fringe Festival and conventions and on and on and on. Yes. No, you are not exaggerating. There is a festival every week. Yeah. Minimum uh, one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the Milk Boat Parade. Everything. <laughs> There's everything. Yeah. Uh, so what activity are you most looking forward to doing now that you feel you can. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for a little bit here, the thing that I was looking forward to as a one-time thing, not as a not as a like ongoing thing, is the thing that I, in fact, did today, which was to get a haircut. We have come full circle. We'll still go more circle. <laughs> we'll go more yeah. circle. Tell but, me about it. Yeah. So a few, uh, maybe like a month or two ago, I had that realization of, you know what? Uh, what I really want to do when I get vaccinated is get a haircut. And and you are fully vaccinated. Just and for, I'm yes. Yeah, for the record, the two I'm weeks since your second fully shot. fully vaccinated. Um, uh, yes, to post more than two weeks since my second shot, and I just had that combination of like my hair is weighing me down, <laughs> literally and figuratively, <laughs> uh, as we've talked about on haircuts. Uh, <laughs> talked about haircuts on this podcast. I did actually do a few trims to my hair myself during the pandemic. Um, some more successful than others, but a few substantial, but it had gotten very long and had kind of, uh, as anybody who's had really long hair knows, like it had gotten to that point where like every time I try to move, it's stuck behind my back. It's stuck in my, between my shoulder bag. Like it just has been, uh, stopping my movement literally, especially this like week. Like winter in like uh, winter. Minnesota. So I wanted <laughs> spring and summer. Uh, so I went and got a haircut today and that is my... You know, first thing that I've done with that that wasn't going to work or going to the grocery store, basically, or going for a walk um, during this time. And it was it was fantastic. I went in and the first thing I said was like, uh, just so you know, I'm fully vaccinated. Of course, we both wear masks. She's like, oh, I am, too. Uh, and it was fun because I also went to a new stylist. So that was its own fun experience. Yeah. And uh, she cut like four or five inches off and it feels fantastic. It looks great. Too. Well, thank like you. it really does. It's got a little bit of like curl and attitude and layers to it. Yeah. Yeah. She did that and I can lean back against the chair and not hit my hair and I'm so happy. <laughs> did you say I want curls and attitude? <laughs> no, but I will next time. <laughs> and that that full curls, you're not like yes, uh, Shirley no, Temple over here. You're like no. yeah. This is uh blow drying against a round roller brush. Kind okay. Of thing. Okay. Which fair. by the way, I just wanna say, like, I was 
you know, because my hair was wet, so she was drying it. And watching somebody like blow dry hair on one of those big round roller brushes that you can like blow air, hot air through uh, is like its own ASMR video. I, it was just <laughs> entranced. I, I, I don't, I don't actually, I'm probably maybe the wrong term, but it seems like it should be one. Oh yeah. Um, and I, after I was done, I was like, I'm sorry. I was basically just meditating to watching you <laughs> blow dry my hair. Cause it was just like the nice repetitive motion and it was fantastic. Oh, that's it was very great. calming. That's great. Did you have some chit chat or did you, did you talk about we the, did. the we... virus and vaccine experience? No, but we chatted about travel. So it was really fun. Yeah. She and her husband had just gotten back from Sedona. And uh, so chatted about that. And I was like, oh, I'm so, you know, now that I'm vaccinated, once my husband's fully vaccinated, you know, looking forward to, you know, maybe going out of town for the first time. And yeah, so we we chatted about travel. It was very nice. 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 Uh, I think for myself, for activities that I'm looking forward to, um, I I had made in 2020... uh, the I've written down several uh, just sort of year goals mm-hmm. goals and one of them was uh, I actually did this in 2019 it was write out in public more just to go have a cocktail at a bar and just jot down notes and do a little bit of writing out out in the world mm-hmm. uh, and I, I had done great on that on 2019 so I added it again in 2020 of like I'm really gonna do this and that was one of those, the ones that haunted me of like well I cannot accomplish that goal <laughs> in 2020 so honestly like some of the the places that have opened up so far in LA are you know which is great it's the way they should be they are you know um reserve dinner it's not right. open to just go hang out at the bar yet as of this week it is is it is yellow tier well i don't know about like sitting physically at the bar but as of this week because los angeles county is in the yellow tier I will preface this by saying I have not read the updated yellow tier guidelines specifically for bars, but uh, <laughs> just to put that out caveat. there, caveat city. But the um, one of the big changes is that because up until this point um, within LA County, bars have only been allowed to have outdoor operations if they don't serve food. Right. But as of LA, as of yellow tier, they're allowed to have indoor operations. Okay, so maybe I could get back to one of my greatest goals, which is to yes. just go have a cocktail in public and write notes. Mm-hmm. And it is, there is just a difference where wh- I've done this before where I don't speak to a soul except for to order my drink. And there's other been other times where I get into fun conversations or overhear a fun conversation. Uh, and it is just different to be out in the world and around people and mm-hmm. feel those connections even yeah. when you don't directly engage with them, to feel them, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a movie. Yeah. Um, th- there's obviously the the great uh, tragedy that I don't want to spend a bunch of time on of the Arclight uh, not reopening, our yes. local uh, uh, theater that we can walk to. That is uh, extremely heartbreaking. Yes, And <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to spend any time on it right now because it's heartbreaking. Uh, and we might do a full episode on it at some point. Yeah. Because I am obsessed with the Arclight and I will remain obsessed even if it never reopens. But the other thing that I'm looking forward to is those small moments where you suddenly realize, oh, I can. Because I think I have it so, I think I have can't wired into my brain. Mm-hmm. that those little moments of like oh it, it's i think it's good to still remain cautious and i think this is a part of getting over the trauma as we talked about but those moments where the dime drops and you're like oh i can do that mm-hmm. and i'm not risking my health and i'm not risking anyone's el- anyone else's health yeah i'm looking for those moments that kind of sneak up on you that you don't 
don't expect. Yeah. Where it's not a big thing you, you plan. It's just a sudden like, oh, I can do that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so great. Yeah. That yeah. will be very, very nice. As we begin to socialize more, mm-hmm. will you be weirded out by people's lower faces? Well, I mean, I don't know how many of them I'll see. <laughs> Um, but I mean just like uh, say we got together with some friends who are fully vaccinated at you know one of our homes and it's like it's a it's scientifically all great we're not gonna you know hurt each other yep and we're just like having drinks and you're looking at people's mouths flapping away in some sort of kind of public setting yeah not I guess public not public if it's somebody's home but it's not our house yeah Um, honestly, no, I, I feel like for myself, that's not going to be one of the weird things because, because we've, you know, because you and I are at home and I see the lower half of your face every day. <laughs> Part of it. Cause I still have this beard. Yeah. But, but I see it. Yeah. I see the beard. <laughs> I see your beard. <laughs> Whereas if you were wearing a mask all this time, I wouldn't know if you had a beard or not. You would just wonder what is those wiggly white hairs poking <laughs> out of the bottom of his mask about, you know, but like people who, uh, whose beard fit within their mask, um, <laughs> like coworkers, I don't know who has a beard now and who doesn't. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. Uh, it surprised me, but it's making. <laughs> I don't know who has a beard these days. I have no idea. But that is very true. I don't know who has a giant tattoo on their forehead now. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah, no. But actually, that's that's a great question. But I, I, I'm. You know, I'm the thing. In addition to the things that you just said of like, ooh, the like, ooh, yeah, I can do that. I'm so curious about the like, ooh, this feels weird. Oh no, that's okay. But the like. What are the things that are going to feel weird or one of the things that we're just going to slip right back into? And I kind of feel like being around people, especially because we have not spent time with friends. I mean, one of the things I am excited about is actually seeing friends in person. Again. Yeah, that'll be real very, nice. very excited about that. But we have stayed at home. We have not seen them. And so I have not seen my friends with masks on, you know, right. and so going back to seeing friends without masks is going to not be weird. Because yeah. it's the only way we've seen them other than when they post selfies of themselves with masks on. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing you from this angle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that I, I kind of ask this as a jokey question, but I think depending on the place and the timing, there is definitely going to be a like, got to make sure that I don't. I, I think it's fascinating to me how quickly we can construct norms, right? And there's mm-hmm. absolutely a reason to wear masks. We're obviously quite pro-mask, but like, it's just a reminder that what is normal and what is not is a construct. Mm-hmm. And we can we construct them for hopefully good reasons, sometimes not. But like people have been posting about smoking and just the reminder that like you used to be able to light up on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Imagine being on an airplane and somebody just pulls out a cigarette next to you and just starts smoking. That's like shocking. And it really isn't in the grand scheme of things that long since that was totally normal. Right. And now it would be like, you just stood up and urinated in the aisle. The hell? You can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think it's really fascinating for both good and ill how quickly we can make constructs of what is an unthinkable thing for a person to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not going to be, I'm not going to be flipping out, but I think I'm going to have that moment of like, checking in in my mind like this is okay right this is okay right this is okay right oh totally 
I will be right it's there. Built up with the like, you, you can't that. light up a cigarette and urinate in the middle of an aisle. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the number of times when we're watching uh, TV shows or films that were shot long before the pandemic existed. Uh, or things during it that were shot safely following whatever guidelines they're supposed to follow. But in particular, things that are older, when there's a crowd scene, the number of times I'm like, duh, 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 wait, none of them are wearing masks. What are they doing? <laughs> is pretty much um, at least once per whatever show or movie we watch. Yeah. I have a moment where I'm like, why are they not wearing masks? This is wrong. Yeah. And not even this is wrong, but I have a panic on their behalf. <laughs> Right, not like a not shake like, your fist, I'm, who can I report you to? Yeah, but just no. like, uh, hey, people on Star Trek Discovery having a party, are you going to be okay? Yeah, like I know you guys filmed this in the 90s, but you're in a museum and you're all really close together. You should have really put on your masks. <laughs> like, you don't know. Somebody could be sick. You might, you know, but you're indoors. Wear your mask. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on, Columbo. Yeah, put yeah, your mask on. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> come on. Uh, this we kind of touched on this already, but I want to examine it uh, in a slightly different way. When we do start having in-person conversations again and, and parties with friends and that, how much do you personally want to have the compare uh, pandemic experiences conversation versus how m- much do you want to move on to whatever the conversation would be beyond that? Oh, um, you mean like the time, the time that we've just been through? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think it kind of depends on the situation. But for people that we have not seen in person during this entire time, I am very, very curious how, I mean, I want to know how people are doing. Yeah, and I want and, to know, you know how some people, people yeah. we've kept in touch with, with we together, or we individually have kept in touch with, you know, via texts or phone calls or emails or whatever. But I feel like. There's a different thing about that in person and especially also how your people are coming out of it. I actually am um, really looking forward to those conversations because I feel like it, to me, it is, again, part of how we connect at yeah. this time. Yeah, I definitely want the uh, sense of community and also um, sense of catharsis when people share what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Because even though we intellectually know, uh, oh, wow, maybe I'm having some like body, just n- not about appearance, but just about health. I haven't been moving around as much. Mm-hmm. And so this part of me hurts or, you know, or that kind of thing or the this is how it really uh, affected me having to, to not be connected to people. And even though we intellectually know that lots of us have had this experience, it's really different to hear from your friend face to face. You're not alone. I experienced that too. Yeah. I think is really, really powerful and really, really important. Yeah. And I love what you just emphasized of like, there's the healing of talking about what we went through, but then there's also this great possibility of talking about what are you doing now? (laughs) What are you excited for? What's Mm -hmm. next? You know? Yeah. What are you excited for uh, in the new normal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, who are you now? Who what, are you what's now? What's the, you know, the coming out of the pandemic version of you? Yeah. That, or the version of you that you're hoping for, or striving for? Yeah. The question that I've been thinking of a lot that I, I don't, uh, maybe I'll ask people if it feels right. Otherwise, it sounds too much like a, a really great interview question on a podcast. <laughs> but the thing I've been thinking of myself is like, we can so easily focus on what we've lost. And like I have my laundry list of what I feel I've lost. Mm-hmm. Everything from, you know, a couple career things that blew up 
uh, uh, to places that I can never go again because they're not reopening to, you know, anyway, exactly demonstrating my point. I can list things that I've <laughs> lost. So there's a part of me that wants to ask, we know what we've lost, but what have we gained? Yeah. Because anytime things change, hopefully there is the possibility of finding joy in something new. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear how different friends and smart people <laughs> are processing that. Mm-hmm. Or just like the truth of like, I watched all of my favorite TV shows twice and here's this other genre or medium I discovered. And here's what it opened up, you know, in the way I see the world, like that kind of thing. Even even like something is like, I watched a television show I never thought I would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know different people tried hobbies or maybe people learned something more about themselves of like, I thought I was super extroverted, but maybe there's some fallacy in extrovert, introvert, and like plenty of new things to have been discovered, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our handshake's dead forever. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. And do you want them to be? Uh, um. <laughs> Why does this feel like the most politically charged question I've ever asked you? I mean, it's a very political question. Is it really? It is. Because of the just, way just that's the of, like professional greeting because and you are a professional? Yes, yes. So that... Right, because um, you can't have somebody stick their hand out and you just be like, I only do fist bumps now. I mean, honestly, I have seen that. I've totally seen oh, people that. People literally saying, I only do fist bumps now? Not for the most... But like somebody offering the hand and being like, oh, we don't do that anymore. Or like... Um, and offering their fist instead. Yeah. Or the elbow the bump elbow is, is really big. Bigger, yeah. Um, and I've gotten to the point now that I'm good with that one. Like for a while there, there was the foot kick, but that's kind of a weird mm, thing. That's weird. Um, for a professional greeting, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was in very limited circumstances that I saw that one. But it was, you know, people were trying to be um, acknowledged seeing each other and not touch as as i just did uh the microphone not touch uh each other you know they're trying to like not touch skin to skin right so they're trying to touch boot to boot uh (laughs) boot to boot how much more midwestern can i say (laughs) um yeah i think at least for myself the handshake (laughs) it's gonna be a while uh you don't is the political thing that you don't want it to return personally, but you feel like you might have to embrace it because it is going to make its inevitable return to the professional world. Is that where all the the noises are coming from? <laughs> a little bit. I think I think that's I think it is so ingrained. I think it is way more ingrained in us than we realize um, just from watching people and knowing even from myself, like the times that I have been like, oh, I need to greet these people. So I'll go shake their hands. And they're, you know. Sometimes it has been the wrong move that I have made to go and try to force everybody to shake my hand uh, pre-pandemic, just yeah. to be clear. Um, but I feel like there there is such a need to have to have some sort of something. Yes. That the I think we're going to keep trying to figure out, like, what is the right something? Is there an acceptable other something? Might be the fist bump, might be the elbow bump. I think the elbow bump. I said fist bump kind of jokingly, but I think elbow bump since that's become it's the bec- thing that people have seen demonstrated you know yeah and that way you're still not touching skin to skin right uh, i mean i guess sometimes if you're wearing short sleeves but um you know for a lot of people if you're wearing long sleeves you're you know. right um so if there's so there's that element that's removed so i but i think in some situations yes the handshake was coming back 
Yeah, I I kind of I hope it gets replaced by the elbow bump. Yeah, honestly, for myself. Well, we're just in this great, fascinating crisis time for greetings, because yes, exactly. I have like I have uh, I think at least two friends who have expressed I don't like handshakes uh, before the pandemic happened. Like it's just a personal thing, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to respect that. And then I always felt bad when I ran into them because I would like try to wave like they were far away, but they were close to me because I just <laughs> felt like I totally respect your choice. Yeah. But I feel like I want to greet you somehow. Absolutely. And I feel that way with, um, you know, this is not a, a business thing, but with friends, like there are some friends who don't like f- hugs and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said something different there. I, I did. Uh, I, I, anyway. Um, and obviously, <laughs> sorry, totally stopped on that one. I don't know where I was I really don't know where I was going with that There's one. some people who don't like hugs. <laughs> There's hugs. some people who don't like hugs. <laughs> it is true. Uh, I believe we have talked about it on the podcast before. Like, there are a lot of social media posts, and I know they're coming from a good place, so I am not criticizing or mocking, where people like, two weeks till I'm fully vaccinated, I'm going to hug everyone. And I know that it is coming from a good place, and that mm-hmm. is ta- people talking about it. People they know and people who want hugs. But like I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, you know, in the pre-pandemic times when I had a different guest every week, it was a roller coaster of people who um, didn't have any energy of physical greeting at all. So then I just didn't do that. Or people who are natural huggers, even if I haven't met them before. But for me, like really being like, I am not instigating a hug or even a handshake because mm-hmm. I want to take the temperature of what people want. Like right. hugs are a whole thing as well. Hugs of, are a whole thing. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I think it's, it's, I, I, hugs are great. I love hugs. Um, but I do not want to assume that anyone else wants one or pressure anyone, even by reaching my arms out or even suggesting it. I only, yeah. at this point right now, I only want to, uh, give hugs if requested mm-hmm. unless it's somebody that I have a relationship with and I know that that is our greeting right for sure every time no problem right Correct. but there's so many interactions that are in that you know uh, space between we're meeting for work and we know each other really well mm-hmm. we're already do we hug do we shake who instigates has yeah. been this weird gray area that would be like could we just Let's just elbow. <laughs> right? Let's just elbow across the board unless we are known to be hugging friends. Then great. I love that. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, I know pre-pandemic, I've certainly like been at parties where like you don't usually shake somebody's hand at parties when you meet them. And I've just been like so on like I've been at work and meeting people all day and blah, blah, blah. Like you just shake everybody's hand. So I'm at a party. I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. And I put out my hand and they're just like, OK, weirdo. You know, who are you? Susie from accounting? Why are you shaking my hand? We're at a party. Like, cheers. <laughs> let's have a drink. Uh, and so, uh, yes. Yeah. And we run you. into that where it can be strangely gendered, too. And I don't yeah. need or want it that to be a gendered thing. You know, mm-hmm. and that that also I feel like that would be great to just have a like, let's not have everything focused on a gender binary. Totally. Of, you get this. You get that of just elbows. Yeah. Across the board. Hi, human. Anyway, <laughs> hi, human. Here is my elbow. <laughs> Welcome 
to our how to greet one another obsession. <laughs> anyway, I will caveat that. I know there are a lot of opinions and perspectives on on greetings, and and I respect their different opinions. Uh, just uh, expressing ours. Here is my final question, because we could be obsessed with the post-vaccination world for a long time, and yeah. we will be. But yeah. for this episode, should all the people who didn't normally have long hair, but grew their hair out out of necessity, keep their long hair? Here's the thing. Remember that empathy statement that I made earlier? I'm not going to prescribe what anybody else should do. People should do what feels best for them. And if they've found a different version of hair during the pandemic, that's like, yeah, this feels right. Embrace it. Go for it. If you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to get rid of this. Go for that. Embrace that. If you're like, time for something new. Absolutely. That is a great, wholesome, uh, generous <laughs> Uh, emotional answer and of course of course yes you should do whatever pleases you uh, individuals it's your hair I have been very affected because I went on this journey right um, I really like my hair the way it was uh, before uh, the pandemic we did that whole episode about hair mm-hmm. and just got a lot of identity tied up in my hair and it was a real you know moment in literally 2009 right I, I made the choice of like my hair is going to be like this and so for me, it has been a a, a claiming of my identity, mm-hmm. of what I want. And then I, you know, it, my hair grows fast. So it we started to grow up pretty fast. And I've had long hair. I had it, you know, in uh, my younger days. So for me, as my hair grew out, it looked in the mirror like, oh, you, you trying to pretend that Nirvana's still real big? Is that what you're doing here? Is that is that what's going on? You know, you want to put on some flannel with that, you know, and just entirely pretend it's 1998? Is that what you want? Uh, um, but then uh, lots of very positive comments from people on social media and the few times we've seen people, you know, distanced and masked in, in person, uh, even for a brief moment, people have been like, you can keep that. <laughs> And then I saw a tweet that really drove it home. Is it obviously a, a joke tweet, but very, very funny of like so many uh, uh, people. But this tweet was focusing on men in particular, that so many men have got their hair long to the point where it's past the awkward phase. They now look like cool wizards and they're all desperate to get their haircuts exactly the same again so they can all look like Tim from accounting. <laughs> would you rather be a wizard or tim from accounting it's a joke it's uh, mm-hmm. very funny but it really it was that joke tweet really like opened my eyes to like i don't have to cut it like i've been ex- i've been ex- like in my mind mm-hmm. uh this is very specific to me there is the in my opinion only okay james bond movie from die another day uh from 2002 die another day mm-hmm. first half i think is great second half i think it, it gets it falls apart in my opinion uh, but there's, that's the movie where he gets, uh, captured and he basically looks like me, <laughs> not quite uh, hairstyle. I don't look like Pierce Brosnan, uh, unfortunately, but you know, he's got the beard and he's got hair at about my length and then he, and then cut to, I don't think there's an implication that there's been any barber. It's apparently that James Bond himself is that good at cutting his hair, but like I mean, he, he is. 
He is. He's James Bond, right? He can do anything. He can make a quiche, cut his own hair. But we just cut to, he's got his great hair back, and he's just finishing shaving. He's like, I'm back. I'm James Bond again. <laughs> uh, and not that I think I'm James Bond anyway, but I've always held that as a sort of comic, like, before, after of, like, I can't wait until I'm that moment and die another day where he's like, whew, back. Finished shaving. Hair's quaffed again. Finished shaving. Back to normal. And now I'm questioning. Yeah. What I want to do. Yeah. What do you want to do? I don't know. It's a great cliffhanger for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're never going to know because we're going to move on to our noise to sum up our obsession. Uh, What kind of noise do you have to sum up your obsession with the post-vaccine world? Yippee! (laughs) Uh, Yippee with an entero bang at the end is great. Beautiful. Perfect. Uh, let's rate our obsession. So on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, obviously this isn't an obsession like here's my favorite (laughs) band or I've been a dancer my entire life. Uh, this is something that, uh, we are by necessity obsessed with because it's the world that we are about to emerge into. How much is it occupying your thoughts though? Where would you rate it of like, this is activating you know, taking up your active thoughts. Depending on the day and depending on which part of um, reopening post-vaccine world, I would say it varies between a seven and a nine. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. So pretty high. Great. Yep, very high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm up there with you, Ed. Uh, I'm going to give myself a solid eight and a half <laughs> because I spend the other one and a half sometimes obsessing over, but I still want to sit alone in my home and watch television. So let's balance this. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the plugging section of the podcast. Uh, you have your Instagram to plug in anything else you want, if there's anything else, of course. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to take all the plugs. No, no, no. You can find me on Instagram at Scrim Street, including photos of my recently cut hair. Oh, brand new haircut photos on Instagram at Scrim Street. Go check it out. Here are some quick plugs for this uh, show and myself and then our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. We'll see if there are some shows upcoming. Speaking of the post-vaccine world, uh, you can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And also, huge, huge earth-shattering announcement. I have joined TikTok. Uh, speaking of embracing change, we'll see uh, how active I remain, but I'm having fun uh, seeing what TikTok is about. And so far, uh, you know, when it first popped up, it was just like, yeah, I'm not doing another social media. <laughs> old and grumpy. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance. And so far, I'm really enjoying uh, the way it's set up and all that. So if you want to find me on TikTok, it is also just uh, Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle. So just give it a search and find me there. Let's move on to our final questions. Fun, weird questions. Sarah, if you could grow super big or super tiny, which would you do? Ooh, um, I want to try super tiny. Okay, what would you do if you were super tiny like Ant-Man? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like I feel like I'd be able to explore different places that I wouldn't be able to explore at normal size. But what what would those places be? What would you want to see real tiny? Oh, um, I mean, I kind of want to like crawl through buildings. <laughs> Like uh, at a tiny level? Yeah. Yeah? Like you could run along the electrical wires. and. Oh, you want to get into the, like the infrastructure. Yeah. 
<laughs> Obvious. <laughs> nice. And if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing and you didn't have to worry about time or money or space to deal with it, what would you want an unlimited amount of? <laughs> Clearly I'm hungry because my first two thoughts were bread or water. <laughs> bread or water. I think that's a, just a clear sign that it's <laughs> late on Friday and we need to wrap up the damn podcast so we can eat and hydrate. Final question, what is happiness? Happiness is... <laughs> Happiness is, uh, I'm for me today, I'm going to say it's being fully vaccinated yeah. and getting to discover what that world means, what that world is. I think that is a thematically appropriate answer to what is happiness. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope everyone uh, is enjoying their steps into this new, uh, new normal of the post-vaccinated world. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So for our little tag here, I realized a fun thing to share would be, I didn't even think about it when you and I were planning it, uh, but I realized that one of the first vacations we have planned is this weird, perfect combination between let's get back out there in the world, but also not really at all. We booked a hotel that has an ocean view to sit inside the hotel room and read books. Yeah. So we're kind of going somewhere, but not really. We're, we're just really going to we're gonna read in a different place than our home. Yeah. I mean, I think that was very much the point was we wanted to go somewhere where also we didn't have to interact with people because it's a whole new scary world out there. <laughs> it is. But books are never scary. They're our friends. <laughs>